the name of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So, some years ago, following uh, the, the BP oil spill, my friend Boudreaux from BioLafouge called me to tell me that he got a job in this recovery effort. All of the pelicans that were contaminated with oil were brought to a big building in Grand Isle to have the oil cleaned from their bodies. Well, Boudreaux reported to his new boss, Mr. Robichaud, on the first day of work, and Mr. Robichaud said, Matt Boudreaux, I got a big job for you. In that big building over there, they got about 300 pelicans. I want you to go over there and clean each and every one of them pelicans. And when you're all finished, then come back and let me know. So about two hours later, Boudreaux came walking back, and Mr. Robichaud said, Boudreaux, I told you not to come back until you cleaned all them pelicans. And Boudreaux told him, I'm finished. Mr. Robichaud said suspiciously, you mean to tell me that you cleaned 300 pelicans in a couple of hours? To which Boudreaux proudly replied, yep, I cleaned every one of them pelicans. And now, you want me to go put on some rice and corn to go with them? <laughs> so clearly, Boudreaux did not understand the meaning in what Mr. Robichaud was saying to him. And the crowd in the gospel story today didn't understand what Jesus was trying to say to them. Now, the overarching theme of John's gospel is to establish Jesus' identity as the true Son of God, the long-awaited Savior. And over and over, we're given the stories of people coming to Jesus to learn just who Jesus is. And even though the gospel provides the answer, the answer is not always understood. Even the miracles that Jesus performed did not provide the people with confidence in Jesus' identity. Rather, miracles often seem to bring confusion to those who witness them. Now, in last week's gospel, if you remember, we heard the story of this same crowd of people being fed along with 5,000 others with just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And when they saw the signs that Jesus had done, they acknowledged, they acknowledged that Jesus is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world, and they wanted to make him their king. Then the next day, when they couldn't find Jesus in the place where the miracle had occurred, they went looking for him. And when they do find Jesus, they ask him when he had come there. Now, they didn't even remember the miracle that they had witnessed with their own eyes the day before. Well, Jesus tries to point out to these people that they did not get the meaning of Jesus' providing of food for them, telling them that they did not seek him because he revealed his divine identity. They sought Jesus because they were looking for another meal. So Jesus tries to teach the people, telling them that they must not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, the spiritual food that Jesus brings to them as the Messiah. Jesus explicitly tells the crowd that he is the one on whom God has set his seal. Once again, though, it seems that the crowd just doesn't get it. And I can envision them saying impatiently, okay, yeah, yeah, so what do we, what do we have to do to get some bread around here? 
when Jesus tells them that to do the work of God, they have to believe that he is the Son of God, the people respond by asking Jesus what sign he will perform so that they can believe that he is who he says he is. Still interested in filling their stomachs, the crowd reminds Jesus that Moses gave a sign to the people in the desert by giving them manna to eat. You know, good grief. This is exactly the sign that Jesus had given them just the day before. So Jesus says plainly that his father gives the true bread from heaven, the bread that gives life to the world. And when the people still do not understand, still thinking that Jesus is talking about food, Jesus finally tells them that he is the bread of life, that whoever comes to him will never be hungry, and whoever believes in him shall never be thirsty. And I can see how the crowd may have a hard time understanding Jesus' words, but he gave them a miracle to go along with his claims that he is the Son of God. Just the day before, this confused bunch of people even proclaimed that Jesus was sent from God. But only one day later, all that they saw and all that they believed about Jesus seemed to just evaporate. It was like they were starting all over from square one, insisting on yet another sign to prove Jesus' identity. And this scenario reminds me of my days in sales. I'd try to help my dealers by sharing successful business strategies. I, I even helped some of them start their businesses. When possible, I'd send customers to these folks, and at times I even rolled up my sleeve to work alongside them on their customers' boats. All of these things I did were in an effort to help their businesses endure and to build trusting relationships with them to assure our mutual success. But so many times I was frustrated because some of these people could not see beyond the day. For those dealers, whatever I did to help them and to help their businesses and, and help them with their long-term success was clear, quickly forgotten. Instead of understanding the value of our relationship, there seemed to be a what have you done for me today sort of an attitude. And thankfully, this was not the norm, but I can imagine, only imagine, how frustrating it must have been for Jesus to have people demanding that he prove his worthiness as the Messiah again and again. And when I think about what Jesus endured from that crowd, I start to wonder about myself. Do I treat Jesus in that same way? I know there are times when I'm much more apt to proclaim the goodness of Christ when things are going my way. Perhaps some of you know what I'm talking about, right? While we profess our faith in Jesus as the one who has brought everlasting life to a broken world, are we at times like those people who ask Jesus, when did you come here? As though Jesus' presence with us is a surprise. Our faith can never be dependent 
upon whether or not our bellies are full. Our faith can never be dependent upon whether we're healthy or suffer from a serious illness. That Jesus Christ is the one true Savior requires no verification because proof, proof has been given to us in not only the signs that Jesus performed, proof has been given to us in his death and his resurrection, the ultimate sign of sure and unending life. It should have been obvious to Boudreaux what his boss wanted him to do with birds that were covered with oil, just as it should have been obvious to the crowd that Jesus really was who he claimed to be. And with all that we profess, and with our witness of the mercy of God, it really should be obvious to each one of us that Jesus really is the bread upon which our very lives depend. And without that bread from heaven, we can only wither and die. And this bread is ours for the taking, simply by believing in the one whom God has sent. As Jesus said to that crowd, so too Jesus says to each one of us, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.